Welcome to the second edition of the PR Endurance Training Podcast with your host, Roger Ospedalis and Paulina Allen. All right, so today we are talking about why do you need a coach? All right, so, you know, obviously you're listening to here, maybe shopping around for a coach, maybe considering why you should get a coach. Um, some people just want a coach for a program. You know, I think that's pretty simple and easy to do. You can find tons of programs online, and maybe you've done that, and now you're realizing that you need more than just a program. So we're going to cover why you actually need to hire a coach. So good we'll subject. Start, start with you, Paulina. Why you? Obviously, you know, athletes come to us over time, mm-hmm. and one thing, obviously. Everyone talks about is accountability. Yeah. So as we, we just talked we about, just talked about that word. Like, yeah. What does that mean specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, th- this is just my interpretation of that is it helps you to not necessarily report in, but you can talk to somebody about the training that you're doing why you're doing what you're doing and where that training fits in in the micro and the macro of your training plan mm-hmm. yeah for sure like uh, i know we both had coaches as well we both hired coaches and yeah. why do we need it uh-huh. well yeah we yeah. want someone to keep us honest yeah to have someone to bounce ideas off of like mm-hmm. a good like yeah every relationship is going to be different some people want to be told what to do and won't ask any questions yeah right yeah. and that's fine yeah. All right. There's athletes that have that, or does athletes want to know every bit of information? Why am I doing that? Or you know, and yeah. maybe you're working together to have a plan. So, so I know sometimes I give athletes options of yeah, we could do it this way, or we could do this way. If you want to have a choice, mm-hmm. I suggest this, or yeah. you can do that. Or that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the other. I think you know, for me, when I had a coach, it would be if I've been asked to do something, like on a Tuesday. Now I coach on Tuesdays. It's always time trial Tuesday on the bikes. Um, you can't fob off and say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, you, you know that somebody's actually going to look at your data and look at your numbers and, you know, you've, you've got to hit those numbers. So that's another reason why that's that accountability part for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a, a prime importance around this time, I know most, people look at getting a coach because they have a race coming up yeah um and this time i think coaches everywhere were either seeing a drop off or trying to understand or explain a reason why you actually need to coach more now Mm -hmm. than before because it's easy just to sort of do your own thing yeah and if anything you're probably going to get a loss of fitness loss of focus Mm -hmm. because you just sort of Writing and doing whatever you want. There's You're a certain just amount of it, that, right? Yeah, yeah this without, is around without that, a plan. There's a certain yeah. amount of that that needs to happen. Yeah, like I know for now, we I do give athletes play days and yeah, and time and to be healthy. unfocused. Yeah, um, but definitely that structure needs to happen in which to to keep that FTP or, or the pacing and the thresholds and mm-hmm. that up to par so that you can take your fitness to a new level. Because yeah. I know if uh, certain athletes. Just went about and did their own thing, then they would be, let's say, a year behind, like yeah. as opposed to my athletes now, yeah. who are like they've got an extra year ahead to build upon, than if they just went and did their own thing. Yes, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, um, I think uh, 
it takes that guessing game out of what you're supposed to do. You know, you, you get up in the morning or, you know, whenever it is that you do your training, you're not trying to think, oh, well, what am I going to do here? Okay, so that's the thing when you've got a coach, whether it be with you or me or anybody else, there's always a plan that's laid out. Some coaches do it week to week or a six week block or a four week block, but it gives you that idea of like, what, what are you going to be doing each day? Mm-hmm. And that's the, the thing about, yeah, again, this particular time too, like, because there is no end date of a, a race, we are pivoting and we are changing and we're providing different challenges for athletes. Now, yes. maybe, maybe a, an eight week block to try to raise your FTP or to try to achieve your fastest 5k run yeah. Or things like that. So different ways. And so basically we're doing micro programs mm-hmm. throughout this whole time and just constantly building up. Yeah. Um, you know, and just making you a stronger athlete overall. That's a probably, yeah, just a better developed athlete is what you can strive for during yeah. this time. Yeah. And what can also be happening at this time, and when we keep saying the time, this podcast is being made... <laughs> during the pandemic (laughs) right just think what could happen in 100 years when somebody listens to this um we're there to help with the overtraining because when the pandemic initially started around march the 16th i was in full overdrive i was on that bike that was how i dealt with it um probably too just a little bit too much okay so i think that's where the coaches can come in and they help and guide you in that right direction because when you start to do the overtraining which is easy especially for those Ironman athletes and we have quite a few of them um it's we got to kind of bring them in with the reins sometimes yeah because it used to be more is more and it's not always more is more yeah right? and again with depending on how you approach this at the beginning of course they're saying stay inside and and you know if yeah. you're stuck on a trainer all the time and being in that static position getting some overuse injuries, yes. things like that. Yeah. And I know I and we're probably we're not we're probably we are gonna tap into talking about some of those recovery techniques and maybe yes. equipment you can oh, use yeah. to help uh, prevent injuries or body maintenance, some of those hyper ice products and the rolling and uh, you know, the massage guns and all these types of things that you can use to aid yourself along mm-hmm. with strength training and all those things like for sure strength is something that should be happening all the time yes um, but especially now during this pandemic time mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. just the very things um instead of being stuck in your if you know your, your fun cave as we like to call it yes i'm gonna call mine the bliss cave yeah yeah, yeah. um but you touched on something about educating and um, that's something that i always talk to my athletes about is educating them on what they're doing and i think that's really important mm-hmm. yeah so i definitely the uh and just entered my mind um yeah for the, the coaching right so there's no doubt that you can google anything you want and you could probably find a hundred answers for oh, yeah. what you want to do yeah. so having mm-hmm. that coach to again we've got between both of us over 50? 50 years of experience oh, yeah right? that's a lot we're both uh-huh. the same age, and I remember that last podcast, mm, 51. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so we can sift through that information. Like I said, and I tell my athletes, I've basically experimented on myself and tried every little thing. So I know what works, what doesn't work. Oh, what I've done that. You know, oh, yeah. all that stuff, right? Uh-huh. Like we've done, 
I know back in the, the early ages of Iron Man when they used, used to use there figs, any used to use figs as fuel. That's right. All that you know, yeah. chocolate, you know, yeah. like, ugh, all sorts of craziness, right? Uh huh. Um, so we can sift through that information, and even if you Google something, I remember in the early stages of my coaching, uh, athletes finding, oh yeah, you know, so and so's doing it this way, or oh, so like it's just it's a dangerous so. thing, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Just because it works for somebody may not work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, be certain athletes out there who are constantly experimenting on themselves. Yeah. And and I find that happens with some of my athletes. They'll be, and especially nowadays, there's just so much more. Like social media, everybody's posting their workouts, okay? They're, and then power, people have got power. So they got power on the bikes. they got power when they're running. So they're posting all of that type of stuff. Then I've got some athletes who will say, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z's workout. Um, and I never, ever want to be that coach that holds them back. Because at the end of the day, I look at it this Through therapy, I've learned this. Their story is not my story. It's their story. So this is where I come in to guide and to educate them. Eventually, yep, we're going to do that workout. But right now, we might not quite be there. So this is where the coach can help you so that you don't get that injury. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like with the evil, we've either tried it ourselves. And then in my past, I say past life, I'm still kind of doing it. Uh, interviewing athletes, yeah. right? So again, I travel around with Ironman interviewing these athletes. So it's a golden opportunity to learn what they're doing and things like that. So yeah, I've, I can tell you about people's mistakes and what they've done and what has worked, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah, we dealt with a lot of different athletes, yeah. and we can provide those solutions yeah. for you so you don't waste your time googling crap. Yeah, um, exactly. That, yeah. won't work or you'll find out won't work uh, and you end up injured and mm-hmm. on the shelf for a while so they, you know the biggest part of training is is being able to do it day after day after day as injury free as possible because yeah. if you end up on the injury shelf uh you know you've lost you months be, of training exactly and i think um you know when i look back to when i first started like iron even a half iron man it was kind of overwhelming then you get into the Ironman distance, you know, that 3.8K swim, 180K on the bike, followed by a 42-kilometer run. How do you train for something like that? Because it's not just swim, bike, run. Then you got your nutrition. You got to do the strength. You got to do your myofascial stretching. Like, there's just so many elements. And can I just go hard all the time on the bike? Because that's all that I like to do. So that then you have the burnout, right? So it's about learning where do you apply the necessary forces throughout your season okay so if you're going to train let's say 36 weeks out like what what is the beginning of that season like mm-hmm. yeah and i know um yeah we always share information with each other um you never share again with, me. <laughs> with training peaks and having yeah. all that data and their training stress scores and, and you know uh-huh. i love when athletes first get into it and like oh my goodness my ts is like oh relax you know, know. it's just it's it's still like the, again, it's no concrete thing in that in on, on those data pieces. But, but we, TSS, you can't is, ignore it. Though. No, but I find when people go on to me about the TSS, I find that you, you have to educate um, what that actually means. So that's your training stress score. And I love when I've had people say to me, "Oh, you know, I just um, I had to do uh, what would it be like? Give me a three hundred training stress score on my bike ride." But, okay, so do you want to talk about how that actually evolved? 
Because I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the guys who started Training Peaks and Power, whoever they were, um, Hunter. Hunter Allen. Yeah. Hunter Allen. Okay. So they had to come up with these numbers. All right. So what this is based off of, you get a hundred points for a 40 kilometer time trial, which is done in 60 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So that is where you look at that 100. Okay. So if somebody says they went out and they did a 500 TSS bike ride, well, you know what? Did I do it or did you do it or did your granny do it? Because we could all do it. What's more important is what was the hours? How, how long did that yep. actually take in there? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily train all my athletes off TSS. However, through the algorithm over several weeks, I do look at that yeah. to see where is their tipping point. Yeah. You're the same. Yeah. yeah. So we, I always take a look at that overall picture. Uh -huh. And this is see this trends, right? So yeah. if an athlete's always saying they're tired at a certain yes. number, you know, you recognize certain numbers or, yes. and then you could bring that into, you know, into your taper. So that's yeah. why I like using that, right? Uh -huh. So you kind of see those ideal, like if they're totally killing workouts at a certain number, uh -huh. then you know, yeah, you got to bring them into certain areas and certain numbers. Right. And of course that all depends on they have to have reliable equipment, the heart rate, power all that sort of stuff's yeah. got to be accurate and they've yeah. got to be logging that stuff uh -huh. constantly or else those numbers don't mean anything exactly yeah um not everybody has to know what all those numbers and we're talking about training peaks yeah, here yeah. right yeah i've taken the training peaks university course so i will because i do look at the numbers and i will go especially like let's say for the bike ride i can go and right away there's a little triangle of numbers that i'll look at and i know how that ride went before I even get to like the, the response in training peaks. Um, some, some people, they want to know what all that means. And then other people are like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I just want to work out. Yeah. And that, that's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Over time too. Um, trying mm -hmm. to, yeah. um, pull back some of the numbers, focus people. Cause you know, it's again, oh, creating a, a overall wholeness picture. Uh -huh. And again, looking to us as providing overall health and long-term mm -hmm. goals and not just focus on the short term and yeah. use these numbers um, of a particular workout today yeah. and when really you're racing months from now. Yeah. Like what difference does that make? Yeah. Right? It's uh -huh. just the accumulation of that workload over time. Exactly. I'm going to kind of step out of line here. Perhaps that's what I'm going to do. Is that okay, Roger? Go ahead. Um, I find that nowadays, like the newer athletes who are just getting into triathlon now, there is too much of a obsession and a focus on the data. They spend more time looking at all of that stuff than actually doing the training. I'll give you an example because I coached the master's swim team and got a lot of triathletes and they're, they're still on the wall when they should have gone 10 seconds ago because they're faffing around with their watch because they got to get that that, that that lap in. It's like, it doesn't matter. And then the watch is too bulky. That's another thing. So it kind of drives me nuts. So I often tell the athlete, get that watch off. I'll tell you exactly how many kilometers you swam. Yeah. But right now it's like, take it off. Yeah. So I think that's what you're getting. Again, yeah. you're, you're learning as you listen to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we incorporate everything. But yeah, there's a certain... 
I get excited. You tap into all different areas. Like, get rid of your watch and and encourage that. And when my athletes do that on their own, like, yeah, I just went for a run and worry about my watch or the watch is broken, whatever, right? Uh It's not a big stress moment. It's like, yeah, yeah, awesome. I encourage you to do that. Yeah. Because we know it's like uh, been a races, Ironman races, where there's big pros. They have their power meters, but they have tape over it. Yes. They will have it there uh-huh. for the data collection. But yeah. They don't use it. Uh-huh. Or, you know. And I mean, often that's just for their coach to right. read. Actually, and I even. Some of the Tour de France guys, I can't name the names of them, they don't even know what their yeah. parameter means. Yeah. Right? So it's just about, uh-huh. again, getting that feel. And really, it's your body, right? So sometimes it's just getting in tune. I encourage athletes too, right? As you're running, try to guess and figure out what your heart rate is, right? At this yes, moment. without or having to pace, always look at your watch, right? right? So yeah. Because, you know, always the big thing I talk about is what if on race day your equipment breaks or your watch shuts down? What are you going to do? Like some yeah. people, that's it. Their life is we over. We have to plug our watches in. Everything, right? you have to plug everything right? in, right? So if that happens, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. You can still get by and have a And I day. have, I've heard people say, um, oh, I had a bad race because my watch didn't work. Yeah. Oh, this didn't have... You and I have been at plenty of races where we know who the timers are, sports stats, and people have been asked to take my name down because, you know, my Garmin didn't work, my my watch wasn't working, I didn't have a good race. And I think that's the key thing with the coach. We will help you learn how to feel what you're supposed to feel. And I think that to me is one of the most exciting things when athletes have that breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Obviously, the we always talk about communication. Um, yeah, like again, some athletes just want to work out, and mm-hmm. <laughs> but we always try to commun- ask and, and encourage, you know, push workout comments, yes. communication, uh-huh. some back and forth, so that you both, like I like saying, a, like I want to be in your mind, like I want to feel what you're feeling. Yeah, that way yeah. I know and how to adjust the workout uh-huh. accordingly, right? So yeah. I encourage that, like yeah, give and me don't all tell your me feelings. you nailed it. Yeah, no. Well, oh. <laughs> But more than that. But yeah, sometimes uh-huh. like athletes have been with me three, four years now. Yeah, of course. Um, sometimes, some days, yeah, it's just a regular run, so it's not much to say. Yeah. But yeah, the other ones, yeah, as long as you vary and provide that feedback and mm-hmm. and say whether you felt extra tired or you felt, you know, whatever it might yeah. be. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I think that's important because let's say you're coming into a race. All right. Um, but if you've been putting all your stuff in your diary, wh- whatever source that's going to be, um, and you don't have the race, what you thought it was going to be, then we can go back and look and we can see what did you do? Did you go out and party? Did you go to bed too late? What was your training like? Yeah. Yeah. I know uh-huh. I've done that in the past too. Like we getting a pattern of someone really like every Thursday or when was the workout was not being nailed. And we tracked it back to a certain, you know, meal they were having okay. at lunch, yeah, at work, yeah, and then just changing that or changing the timing of those meals and things like that. So yeah, it yeah. was like lots of things we can pinpoint. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we've t- you've touched upon anything you want to touch upon as far as uh, why you should get a coach, but uh, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if that was a question directed at me. Yeah, no, I think we've done pretty good there. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay. that is it for this second edition of the podcast. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm really starting to like this, Roger. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. 
So this is Raj Hospitalis and Paulina Allen signing off until next time.